Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Litmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ and would like to begin this episode by turning to the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to John and reading verses 1 through 6. It is the very night of his betrayal and Jesus is speaking to his apostles of what has come to be known as the Last Supper. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now in the context, Jesus was talking about his approaching death, resurrection, and ascension to the Father. He told his disciples that they could not go with him to the Father now, but the time would come when they would follow him. He was telling them that he is the one and the only way to fellowship with God. This way into fellowship with God would be made possible through the Lord's death. What I want to address in this episode is a bit more specific. I would like to consider the question, how? As in, how is Jesus the way? And I would like to look at three different aspects of this absolutely unique and remarkable claim of Jesus. We can truly show that he is the way out, he is the way in, and he is the way through. Now let me show you what I mean. First, consider that Jesus was the way out. And what is he the way out of? Actually, many things. For example, Jesus was and is the way out of the bondage of the law. Look with me at Galatians 3, verses 10 through 13. Paul wrote, For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The law of Moses pointed out what sin was. An individual who kept the law perfectly would have warranted his or her salvation. The only problem was no one but the Lord himself ever kept the law perfectly. If a person sinned in one aspect of the law, it was as if he or she was guilty of all. James chapter 2 verses 10 and 11 tells us, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, has become guilty of all. 
For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not commit murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. That's the curse of the law. Indeed, in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, Paul went so far as to write, By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. All of this being true, man needed deliverance from the curse of the law, and Jesus was the only way out of that bondage. Look at how Paul put it in Galatians 5 verses 1 through 3. He said, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. As a matter of fact, when certain Jewish Christians were trying to make Gentile Christians abide by various aspects of the law of Moses, Peter said in Acts 15 verses 10 and 11, Now therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. The only way deliverance from the bondage of the law was possible was through the death of Jesus. In or by his death, the law of Moses was taken out of the way. It was effectively nailed to the cross, having been fulfilled, which is certainly one of the points that Paul made in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14. But now, my friends, not only was Jesus the way out of the bondage of the law, he was also the only way out of the bondage of sin. The Bible teaches us in Romans 3 and verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. At some point, all accountable men and women choose to violate God's law. We all make a choice, and at some point in time, we do something we know is not right. When we do that, we are then guilty and unworthy of punishment for violating God's law. Left entirely on our own, we would be without hope. But through Jesus, there is a way out of that bondage. In Romans chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, Paul put it this way. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you become obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed, and having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. In verse 6 of that same chapter, Paul wrote, Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. There is the way out of the bondage of sin, and Jesus is that way, the only way. Not only is Jesus the way out of those things that would hold us in bondage, he is also the way in to the things that make such deliverance possible. For example, Jesus is the way into the new covenant. The death of Jesus that served to remove the old covenant in the sense of fulfilling it also served as introduction of the new. In Hebrews chapter 9 verses 15 through 17, we find that through his death the new covenant was ratified and established. The passage says, and for this reason he is the mediator of a new covenant, in order that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, 
those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never enforced while the one who made it lives. We have to understand that without Jesus there would be no new covenant. We are told that the new covenant gives life in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, and just three verses down that it is the ministry of righteousness. The Hebrew writer tells us that the new covenant is better than the old, that it provides a better hope, and that it is established upon better promises. Christ is the mediator of this better covenant, and he is its guarantee. Yes, he is the way, the only way, into the new covenant. Jesus is the way into forgiveness. By shedding his blood, Jesus opened up the way into the forgiveness of sins. Jesus made this announcement himself on the very night of his betrayal. In Matthew 26, verses 27 through 28, we find, And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. That very same blood that ratified and established the new covenant also made the forgiveness of sins possible. Those who are in that new covenant receive many great and wonderful promises, one of them being stated this way in Hebrews 8 and verse 12, For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Those who believe in Jesus as the Son of God repent of their sins, confess that belief in Jesus, and are baptized into Christ, receive the forgiveness of their sins. As Ananias said to Saul in Acts 22 and verse 16, And now why do you delay? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Yes, Jesus is the only way into forgiveness and salvation, and that is not all. Jesus is the way into a new life. Look at how this truth is described by Paul in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 6. He wrote, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, that in order as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, Certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. In Jesus Christ, we are new creatures. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Of course, that is speaking spiritually with respect to holiness and righteousness. In Jesus, we are made free from sin and no longer serve it. Do you remember Jesus saying, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly? I believe this is what he was talking about, the new life in him, and Jesus is the only way into that new life. Jesus is not only the way out and the way in, he is also the way through. Again, let me show you what I mean. How can someone who has been delivered from the bondage of sin and into a new life be successful in that new life. It is possible only through Jesus. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, 
I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Whatever we encounter in this new life, we can make it through by Jesus. Let me give you an example of this. Jesus is the way through sorrow and suffering. We began this particular episode with one of the most comforting statements the Lord made when he said, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he spoke of a place that he was going to prepare for them. How else is there to get through the heights of sorrow and suffering than through Jesus? Look at the beautiful words of Jesus to his apostles at the Last Supper. In John 16, verses 19 through 24, we find this. Jesus knew that they wished to question him, and he said to them, Are you deliberating again about this? That I said a little while, and you will not follow me, but behold me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. For you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. When a woman is in travail, she has sorrow, because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she remembers the anguish no more, for joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore you too now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one takes your joy away from you. And in that day you will ask me no question. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you shall ask the Father for anything, he will give it to you in my name. Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. The kind of joy that no man can take from us, that will bring us through any kind of sorrow and suffering, is in the Lord. It is the only ray to real joy in sorrow and suffering through Jesus. He is also the way through anxiety and cares. The Lord knows that life can be tough and it's not always easy to be free of anxiety and care in this life. But he invites us to come and lay our burdens at his feet. Jesus said in Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. Our Lord teaches us that the only way to be successful in overcoming anxieties and cares is to trust in God. He tells us, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The one who is seeking the kingdom of God is in Jesus, and through him is the way to freedom from worries and cares. They don't completely go away, but through Jesus we find the confidence that will make all things well. Finally, Jesus is the way through temptation. Jesus taught us to pray that we not be led into temptation. We know that we will never be tempted above that which we are able to bear. We're promised that in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. We can rest assured that no trial or trouble will come upon us that will be unbearable provided that we trust in God and look for the way of escape which he has provided through Jesus the Christ. He is the only way. As he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Thanks for listening.